0: Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. As always, we have Vanilla and Peanut in the studio. It's not going away, <laughs> buddy. Not me. dying. It's not, not going away. Doubt. How you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Yep, it's a good day to record.
2: Good day to be back in the studio. There's lots going on, and I'm excited about our guest. So uh, there's a lot to be excited about. Are,
0: are we are we are we doing the reveal of who the guest is yet? Or Probably if they off?
2: if they clicked on this. Episode, they will see Jacob's name on, I, <laughs> on the I description. True, so, right? <laughs> yeah, so unless people fo- like, yeah, uh, blindly uh, stumble into this podcast. Yeah, so we have uh, Jacob Mentzel, who is a pastor at uh, Clear Note Church and uh, who pastors with uh, Tim Bailey, who's been an, uh, a guest on here. And uh, who's also the CEO of Warhorn Media, uh, who are, uh, we're big fans of. So, yeah, we have Jacob Mentzel here, and uh, I'm excited about the interview.
0: So if he's the CEO of Warhorn Media, would that make you the CEO of Rebel Alliance Media?
2: I don't know if we have gotten that formal,
0: but at we, some point...
2: I, it's not going to... The truth is, it probably won't matter until somebody goes to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, then we're all going to be pointing at other people. I'm, I, I have on paper all over my house that you're the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no, no, Pudi is completely <laughs> <Yeah>. in charge. <laughs> yeah. Dave is the financial officer. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: I, my name is nowhere to be found. Yeah. I am, I am a guest. I am a in- independent entity Yeah. I am a contracted de- out
0: I week to week.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're excited about that and, uh, and there's lots going on. I mean, uh, we, we just been, uh, continuing to do our thing, pumping out lots of blogs with, uh, the robot. Alliance and uh, excited about uh, all the things that are happening. So all those things are good. So uh, if you are just now getting to know us, maybe uh, Jacob shared this episode and this is the first time you've been with us, uh, we would encourage you to go to rebelalliancemedia.com. There you'll find blog posts, you'll find videos on culture, you'll find an eschatology series, you'll find our podcast, you'll find the Awakening Reformation podcast, and also a podcast geared towards kids called uh, Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Children, um, also done by the Van Bremers, and that comes out on Mondays. So there's lots of stuff going on at Rebel Alliance Media. Check out our website uh, to get all of that info. The other thing that we would love for you to do is just whatever wherever you get your, your podcasts, subscribe, rate. Review like us on Facebook. Share it with friends. Uh, all of that stuff helps, and it's just that's the only way that we really grow organically is uh, through the word of mouth and the promotion from uh, the listeners. So thanks for, so much for those of you who do that.
0: Yeah, we have we basically now I think we have everything. We have teaching series, we have videos, we have blogs, we have podcasts. We got podcasts for kids. If you can think of anything else we could be doing, <laughs> we let are us. We're taking over. We're yeah. doing no, our it's best.
2: Good. It's good. Um, so uh, we wanted to uh, transition into rebel news and there's uh, so basically what we wanted to do is we want to come back to something uh, several, I guess, weeks ago, a couple months ago. Now, at this point, uh, we talked about a Supreme Court case that was here in Canada uh, against Trinity Western. Um, So basically uh, what happened is this is a a Christian school that had a code of conduct that it required uh, staff and faculty and students to sign. And it was a covenant. It was a a student covenant or a uh, a covenant form of some kind. And it basically um, required of the students and the faculty to uh, adhere to a biblical view of sexuality. In other words, it said it uh, it said that they would abstain from sexual intimacy outside of marriage and outside of God's design for one man, one woman in, in the context of marriage forever. Um, so what happened was uh, they, the court, they, they got sued over this uh, this covenant it went all the way up to the Supreme Court of Canada and the, the university lost. And essentially what happened was accreditation, Um, so, so getting accredited for the, the, um, classes that you take there was taken away from the university in June of this year. And, uh, and so that Supreme court case came down, we talked about it a little bit and we basically said, now the board of directors at Trinity Western has an opportunity to, uh, suffer for the sake of the gospel or bow the knee to the, uh, the political powers that be. And unfortunately now we've got kind of, uh, um, some sad news that uh, trinity western is actually backing off of this covenant so uh, i just came out um, this is uh, august 14th uh, an article written on um august 14th where uh the students are no longer uh going to be required to sign this gov this covenant um so basically what uh what it goes on to say this article it says that uh, This decision was separate from the Supreme Court case. Yeah, right. Um, And that they're going to maintain this covenant for faculty and that students will be able to willingly participate by signing the covenant, but it won't be thrust upon them. It won't be a a requirement for admission to the university. And I mean, this is uh, in my mind. So this is a place where you have people going to be trained in ministry. And if you are willing to surrender the sexual ethic to those that are coming in to be trained in ministry, this is, um, it, well, not only is it just an abomination, but it, it, it does not bode well for the future of churches in Canada.
0: No, it's, it doesn't at all. It, the thing that is most worrying to me about this is that they had, a, they had a really good opportunity here to stand firm, to hold fast to truth, to hold fast publicly. And say, no, you know what? We're fine with you guys taking away our accreditation. We're fine with you guys escalating the intolerance towards us for the sake of the gospel. Because let's be honest, sexual ethics is a gospel issue. So they had that chance and they, and they bowed down to it and it bugs me. It, well, it scares me because they are the ones that are expected to train up a generation, our next generation of leaders. And so if they're being taught from the school, that's willing to back down, then then we're going to produce a generation of leaders who are willing to back down. And we already have a generation of people that it seems who are willing to back down and cave on all these things. Right. All we're going to, all we're doing is teaching them how to do this. And that's not a good thing. Especially when I think the overwhelming of majority of texts in the New Text- Testament tell us that we need to be willing to suffer this type of thing That's right. for the gospel. Yep.
2: And I think, so it's interesting because the essentially the whole case was surrounding their accreditation, right? Will you walk away with some sort of government stamp of approval um, diploma, like some sort of degree, you know? And I think that if you're looking at people who are going into ministry, the... Um, the fact that they were educated at it and an establishment that is willing to bend the knee like this is actually a deterrent. So as a pastor, a senior pastor of a church, if I'm getting a resume from a guy who went to an institution that backed down like this, and that's the environment in which he's getting educated, to me, that's actually a detriment. And I think they're doing it. um, The article does say that one spokesperson for the university said that they were doing this for the sake of the students who need a degree. So clearly they have in mind Getting their accreditation back by not making this mandatory, and uh, and so what I find so interesting is that he's essentially saying that for the sake of the students getting a degree, which would be necessary for their future employment, and I'm thinking, well, not in the field they want because I, <laughs> I, you know, I'm now less prone to hire them because, like you said, they're they're now getting trained in an environment where the establishment and the powers that be in that university itself have caved, they've bowed the knee to Caesar, and 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 now they. Um, uh, they're compromised. And so, and so, and here's the thing. So as you were talking there, I was thinking to myself, this, this goes back to something that we say all the time. And that is that, um, what we need in this Christian generation, I think we've seen a rise of, of kind of, uh, a, a new wave of reformed theology. We see a lot of people taking, um, theology, uh, more seriously now, but what we, what we need is courage. Right, it's, people aren't lacking. I don't think as much as maybe even as much as they were just a couple of, of short decades ago. The sort of theological training or precision or um, ability to understand the text. I mean, we can all have access to wonderful websites that help us parse Greek and all that kind of stuff. The the, the amount of armchair scholars that there are now is exponential. That creates its own problems. I'm not advocating, but. Um, what's interesting is that it's not for lack of knowledge, it's for lack of courage. And there's not a whole lot of, of, uh, of courageous Christians anymore. And it always makes me think of the Doug Wilson quote where he says, you know, um, that desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. That the, fa- the careful men come afterwards and they write the biographies of the faithful men uh, praising them for their courage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think we've just, we've gotten so short-sighted Right where they lose the accreditation, and immediately becomes what can we do to get the accreditation back right now? Not thinking of the long-term effect of what this is going to do for a future generation of Christian leaders and, and church leaders and pastors. Um, we, we don't have that sort of monument, uh, uh, long long-term vision anymore. Right? We forget that in the midst of the Reformation, many of the reformers died, were hated, were were you know. Deplorable to the the vast majority of the culture. We we look back at so many of the heroes mm. who stood firm in the faith. William Wilberforce was was hated, right? He was shouted down. Things were thrown at him in uh, in Parliament as he fought to end the slave trade in Britain. Um, so many of the people who we now praise for their courage were hated and willing to face persecution that we aren't in our day, and until we are, until there's a generation that is. Uh, we're going to continue to see um, uh, a secular world that displays far more courage than the Christian church, which is uh, an indictment.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with that. One other bunny trail I don't want to go too far down here is the other thing that's alarming about this is it's we are it's an it's an example of the church just trying to model society yeah where we're like sure. we need you need the degree to become a senior pastor in a church or an associate pastor or a worship pastor or whatever you need this piece of paper so therefore our school has to bow to bow to caesar so, so to speak to get the right to give out the piece of paper so that our pastors can go do the faithful thing and, and preach and teach whereas like we're never called to do the things exactly like the world. This, yeah. you already said it. You're you're as a senior pastor are less likely to hire somebody from this school. Now you'd be more likely to hire them regardless if they were accredited or not based on their fruit and based on their, yeah. it doesn't matter at that point. It's just, it's just a bad example of, and again, there's, I think Bible college is, is a good thing. I'm not saying that what I'm saying is that I think we've lost the idea that we can be doing something different. We don't need like our pastors to have that, credited piece of paper from a university that Justin the says is a okay by him you know I mean? right
2: right yeah so yeah we definitely uh can't be getting our cues from the world and this is just one more area where it seems like we are so um okay we're going to transition out of rebel news we're going to take a break and when we come back we are with pastor jacob mensel uh, of warhorn media of clear note church and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, authentic christian community today so stay tuned for that
3: Hey, it's Dave, the Rebel Alliance Media Tech Guy here to tell you more about the new, improved, expanded Rebel Alliance Media. It's new, it's improved, and yes, it's expanded. Check it out at rebelalliancemedia.com. There's the original Rebel podcast, as always, but now there's the Awakening Reformation podcast with Grant and Erica Van Brimmer, plus their new Faith of the Fathers podcast with their children. Great listening for families. Catch the Rebels each Friday for their weekly video on culture and get a refreshing review of Eschatology with Pastor Nate's Eschatology 101 video series. Another new addition is the blogs and articles page with some excellent reads by the Van Brimmers along with Ben and Andrew Emery. You can now help Rebel Alliance Media financially through the donate button at the top of the homepage. It's a brand new website, so make it your home base for interacting with the Rebels. Don't forget to share it with your friends. That's rebelalliancemedia.com.
2: We are here with... Jacob Mentzel, uh Pastor Jacob Menzel who is a pastor at Clear Note Church, and uh, he has a wife, Amanda, and uh, seven kids at home. Uh, I, th- I think they're all between the ages of two and ten, so you are a, a busy guy.
1: Yep. Busy guy who loves responsibility. <laughs>
2: and as if, uh, as if uh, being a pastor and uh, fathering uh, seven and being a husband wasn't enough, didn't keep you busy enough, uh, you're also the CEO of Warhorn Media, is that right?
1: That's right, yeah.
2: So why don't you just start by kind of telling us a little bit about what Warhorn Media is and what you guys do over there?
1: Yeah, uh, Warhammer Media is a Christian multimedia ministry based out of our local church here in Bloomington, so it's under the authority of our our elders. But our goal is to help Christians grow in wisdom and maturity, in practical godliness, in every sphere of life. Uh, Part of our thinking is we live in a a pretty crazy time, and we want to help people navigate uh, living in an insane world with courage and conviction, with grace and humility. Uh, truth and compassion, and, and a, a, a good dose of old-fashioned biblical sanity. And so, uh, we talk about everything. No subject is off limits. Um, we use every means at our disposal to do it. So, we write. We write books. We make music. We have podcasts. Uh, whatever it takes to help people, um, we're going to try to be there, um, helping them process their lives biblically. So that's sort of who we are, what we do, what we're about.
2: I I imagine with everything that you guys do at Warhorn Media, um, kind of uh, talking about culture, um, talking about uh, responsibility, uh, talking about um, homosexuality and some of these cultural hot Mm -hmm. buttons, I imagine that you guys get a lot of... feedback both positive and negative so why don't you tell us about some of the pushback or some of the um criticism or or just some of the response that you guys have gotten
1: yeah so it's really cool because as god has blessed and grown the work that we've been doing we've we've made a lot of friends there are a lot of people out there that are lonely um, that need help that need encouragement um, that want us to be their friends and we want to be their friends we want to be helpful to them um, so that, that can be really good That can be really cool uh, Similar to you We have people that are You know they're, They live not far away Or sometimes they live far away We had somebody uh, Here visiting with us Took a trip um, Visiting us from Long Island uh, New York um, Which we're in the, You know We're in Indiana Yeah
2: um,
1: People come from all over Actually we've had a couple people Come from New York um, Just in the last month um, Anybody to hang from out Canada? With us. No No I don't think so Not yet I- but we're having a pastor's okay. conference in February, so I expect certain people from Canada to be here. All right. Just All saying, right. Nate. Um, <laughs> so that's cool, and that's, and that's good. But part of the problem here is that um, – People want to feel validated. And what that ultimately means is that um, people tend to want you to be their super cool hero who's a stand in for them. And, and, you know, uh, I feel validated and I feel great because I have a super cool hero out there. And so a lot of what we have to do then is try to burst people's bubbles about who we are. We're just guys that love Jesus and that love people. Um, We're pastors. And uh, we want to focus then less on being, you know, the kind of figureheads, the cool guys out there who have all the answers and more about just helping people think critically and biblically um, and then always, always, always pushing people to be fed first and to see their, their real community be the real flesh and blood people in front of them in their, in their local church. Um, we, we are not in any way and we cannot ever possibly be a substitute for the local church. Um, right. And and so we have this, you know, kind of online community. It's great insofar as it goes, but we're, we're nothing more than just some supplemental help. Um, and we even see that, you know, about our, our work even in our local church. You know, one of the analogies that I've used is, you know, in in Geneva, they'd have preaching every day of the week and people could come and go. Um, It was different than the Lord's Day, Lord's Day services. Uh, We do try to see a lot of what we do as sort of that thing for our people. But really, it's just supplemental stuff. It's just trying to help people um, be a resource to people and help further equip them. They're not going to get anything from us. Um, that's not going to that's going to be more helpful than what they get every Sunday morning in their churches, no matter how flawed or weak they think their their church may be.
2: Well, and let's and let's talk about that for a minute, because um, I think, uh, you know, technology has done some wonderful things, I think, for the yeah. kingdom. And I yeah. think um, in a lot of ways, this sort of if I can call it a reformed resurgence, right, a, mm-hmm. a, a, a new generated interest in reform theology on a larger scale than I think we've seen in, in decades past. Um, and, and a lot of that can be attributed to the John Pipers and the Paul Washers who have their content and their sermons suddenly on YouTube and all this kind of stuff. So it's a good thing um, or it's 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 done some good things. Mm. Um, but I, I, like, what do you think of that sort of celebrity pastor craze that we've seen? Um, yeah. Because I, w- one of the things that I've seen, and so I just love for you to just kind of um, mm-hmm. take, take it away from me, is... You know, people who have felt like their church hasn't been faithful, their pastor yeah. hasn't been faithful, and they find maybe Reformed soteriology or something online yeah. from some celebrity pastor, they attach themselves to that doctrine, they mm. become dissatisfied with the churches in their area, and yeah. now their entire Christian community is online. So just talk to yeah. that guy for a minute.
1: Yeah. So, so celebrity pastor culture, honestly, it's fostered by weak and immature people who want to be validated by a super cool hero. And -hmm. as long as people want that, there's gonna be celebrity pastors rising up to meet that. It's a disgrace to the body of Christ. It's a disgrace to Jesus himself. Which isn't to say that there aren't people out there who are especially gifted to help and serve the body of Christ at large. But they have to fight against that sort of celebrity culture in order to be truly helpful. They can't cultivate it. Mm -hmm. I mean, John Calvin, when he died, Um, He was buried in an unmarked grave because he didn't want people to come and venerate his grave. And that's the kind of thing that you have to be doing throughout the course of of your ministry. In his book, Life Together, Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, talks about visionary dreams. And uh, he he says God hates a visionary dreamer. And what he's talking about is the kind of person who, um, for whatever reason, develops this really, you know, this ideal of what a Christian community ought to be. And it lives and exists only in his head and not in real life. Mm. And a lot of these guys, that's what they are. They're visionary dreamers. They've heard John Piper's sermons. They think John Piper is the greatest. And I've been personally helped by John Piper. You probably have too. Don't yep. know many people who haven't been, uh, who are a part of anything, um, you know, reformed, are part of you know, what you call the reformed resurgence. But you get this idea of what preaching should be from John, John Piper on YouTube, um, what your church should be. And um, the reality is it, people aren't equipped to be visionary dreamers um, who, who try to, to, to create this idealized you know, idea of what a Christian community should be. Um, And so what happens, you know, what visionary dreams do and Bonhoeffer knew this firsthand is, you know, when it comes to society, they try to construct societies like and then they end up with Nazi Germany or or with Marxism Um, in the church. You have people who can't go to any church because it's not perfect because it doesn't conform to their ideals, which are twisted anyway. Why? Because their ideas come from their own corrupt, immature heads and hearts instead of from Scripture and instead of being developed in the context of a Christian community where they're helped and improved. Um, you have fathers who give us these weird destructive family patterns in households, you know, in their little kind of homeschooling bubble. And it's all for the same reason, and it's because people don't know themselves that well. We're not meant to be isolated or alone. We're not meant to have these uh, false inorganic communities through the Internet. And so people presume to know and understand, you know, the home, the church, the culture on a foundational level, and you can't do that. The way to be a faithful Christian is to stop daydreaming about perfection and get to work in your local church and serving your local church and being humble and believing that the pastors and elders that God has put in front of you are the men that he has called to speak his word to you, that they have something to say to you, uh, to be helpful to you, whether um, they've got all their ducks in a row here or there or not.
2: There's there's a bit of a tension here that I'm sensing in your answer and and that I've kind of just sensed, and that is... That guy who's, who's kind of got his celebrity pastor you know, favorites, he's, he's a voracious reader, he loves right. the Puritans and all this stuff, and, and isn't seeing that sort of faithfulness or boldness or whatever it is in his local church, there's a tension for him because what I hear you saying is that he's called to, number one, kind of be within his local church and be part of the reformation that needs to happen there but he also needs to learn how to submit to authority, even if that authority isn't perfect. Would that be be a a, a, a tension that's worth kind of noting?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can't be a good leader unless, um, you can't be a good authority unless you're a good follower. A good leader unless you're a good follower, a good authority unless you're Mm. somebody who can live and exist under authority. Um, God has set apart men. He's called and ordained them to the office of serving his church. And your job is to submit to those men and believe that they have something to say to you. And and that's the first step in, in being helpful in um, your local church is, is believing, coming, being baptized, being a part of a of a church that preaches the word of God and administers the sacraments and giving yourself to uh, taking responsibility within that church under the authority of the men God's placed over you and yeah. then hearing what they have to say to you. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, a lot of guys that, that end up being theology heads, doctrine heads, are just guys that are, are trying to avoid res- real responsibility in their lives. Yeah. You know, they're just going to go and they're going to read theology and then think they've got something to offer. And it, all it really is for them is a, a, a super spiritual distraction from doing the simple things like cleaning up their room and yeah. picking up the taco wrapper that's by the trash can yeah. and working hard in school or at their job and loving their neighbors, and loving their wives and their children, or going and getting a wife, you know. And it's those simple steps of faithfulness that are the really radical ways that we have an impact in our church and in our community. Um, nobody wants that, though. We'd rather, you know, read theology and post beard pics on a Reform Up, <laughs> you know, than grow up and become real men.
2: Absolutely. I think it's interesting. I think we have... The church has enough, maybe even too many kind of armchair scholars or computer chair scholars, I'll say, and, (laughs) and not enough just kind of ordinary faithful Christians.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Again, what I'm hearing you say is that you and I, anybody who's followed either of our ministries would not accuse us of thinking that theology doesn't matter. Um, but, you yeah. know, theology that fails to work its way into just faithful, everyday, ordinary living um, is yeah, seemingly... Is the practical seemingly,
1: details of everyday life.
2: That's, that, yeah, that's exactly right. And so I think, you know, whatever our online ministries need to be, they need to be equipping people to be those regular, faithful Christians in everyday life.
1: Absolutely. No question about it. And if all we're doing is feeding people's, as Bonhoeffers, is their visionary dreaming, you know, they can think and, and know... Uh, how to apply theonomic principles to the new world order and have decisions made about how the laws should be rewritten. It's like, yeah. you know, great job, guy. You know,
2: <laughs> it's, it's it's like the ultimate Super cart before helpful. the horse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah.
1: You know, some guy,
2: on. some guy, three thousand years from now may or may not <laughs> be helped by this.
1: Exactly. Exactly. If you want there to be people three thousand years from now who can be helped by it. Stop and just love your wife and your kids, you
2: know? And it seems like if if we sacrifice our uh, imperfect, messy local church community on the altar of kind of the idealism um, that we see in the online communities, that we have in, you know, an online group that shares all the same ideals as us and validates our, our desire for more hymns and less choruses and all that kind of yeah, stuff, yeah. Then, then, then what we're doing is we're kind of exchanging, you know, the truth of the very messy community in front of us that needs us to be a part of it um, yeah. and, and exchanging it for kind of the idealistic lie of this online community that is, is helpful if used rightly and is very damaging if used wrongly.
1: Yeah, it is a lie if it's, if it's what you think your your community is. And people should be sobered by by going back and actually reading the New Testament and remembering mm-hmm. that the Apostle Paul calls the church at Corinth a church with all the trouble that it has with incest, with false doctrine, with all kinds of craziness going on in that church. The church is not perfect. It's never been perfect. And that's because the church is full of sinful people. Yeah. Um, But the church is being perfected, and and God is using people to sanctify his people. And you have a part to play, and the parts to be a part of the mess, because you're a sinner too, whether you realize it or not. And your your good theology is not going to change that. Mm -hmm. You need to bring your mess to the table and your gifts to the table and be willing to serve and to be served by others.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm preaching through the book of Acts right now. And I I constantly come back Mm -hmm. to this idea that wouldn't it have been a better strategy for Jesus to say, okay, I'm going to stick around and make sure this thing happens. Right. Right. Um, But instead he has this brilliant idea of like handing it off to this group of imperfect, you know, guys who just proved themselves to be a coward when he got crucified just a few short weeks prior. And he kind of gives them this, this great commission, hands it off and then, ascends and and then you see all this book the book of acts and i think you know sometimes we get so lost in all these miracles that are happening and all these people coming to christ you miss the messiness in the midst of it and it is yeah. messy and it's full of broken people but that's always been god's design is to use sinful messy people to glorify himself through extraordinary uh, grace
1: tim bailey is fond of quoting calvin Calvin used to say all the time, God could have sent angels to preach to you. He could have done all kinds of things. He could constantly be speaking from heaven. Instead, he gives you sinful men. Why? Well, it's humbling for you. Why? Because, you know, he delights to use low things. Calvin even says that you know your preachers are often your inferiors. That's, yeah, that's to humble you, and that's to that's right. to to bring glory to His name. It's not about us. It's not about perfection. It's about God getting the glory, yeah. and God gets the glory when He uses stupid idiots like you and me to be helpful to people. That's right. And that's a great and awesome thing. Yeah. And I'm just happy to be happy to be here. Happy to be a part of that. You know, that's the mentality I think that people need to bring to this sort of thing. We're all stupid. We're all <laughs> sinners. We're all broken in our yep. ways and you know what we should just be happy to be here and humbly committed to to serving the lord to growing in repentance and godliness and taking responsibility for one another helping one another grow in godliness uh, mm-hmm. we all have our part to play in that and it's it's a not to sound too you know uh hipster it's a beautiful mess is what.
2: <laughs> it is. it's a little <laughs> hipster but i <laughs> i listened to you enough to know that, that you weren't trying to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay, so a last question just so that we're, we're kind of being helpful to people who um, may have been challenged by an episode like this who might be thinking that, uh, that they've been a bit critical and maybe not all in in their local context. Let's talk a little bit about just what that context looks like and we don't need to get into all the <clears throat> practical nitty gritties of how many potlucks yeah. a year we should have and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. when we're telling people to get into the beautiful mess, what does that look like? What are we calling them to?
1: You just said you've been preaching through the book of Acts. Several times through the book of Acts, uh, we see the four devotions of of the apostolic church, right? The teaching of the apostles, fellowship, breaking of bread, and the prayers. We have this community of faith, front and center in their lives, is they submit to the teaching of the apostles, the preaching of the word, the preaching of the ordained officers of, of Christ's church. It's the very first thing about any Christian community is faithful biblical preaching and a people that submit to it humbly um, and sit under that as often as they can and give themselves to that. The second part of those divisions is fellowship and community of of faith where we have um, brothers and sisters giving to one another, caring for one another, taking responsibility for one another. I think our churches ought to be places where we have a culture of personal responsibility for ourselves and for one another. We're loving each other. We're caring for each other. We know each other's needs. We're speaking into each other's lives. We're bearing one another's burdens. We're confessing our sins to one another. And it's a place where people can do that, feel safe to do that, because we're just sinners here. And so there should be fellowship and real community based around confessing sin and caring for one another, loving one another, being in one another's homes, showing hospitality to one another, And so that's number two. Three, the breaking of of bread, the Lord's table, coming together and fellowshipping around the Lord's table. Connected to that is the right use of church discipline. We're talking about the marks of the church. The right administration of the sacraments and the right use of church discipline, where the fathers of the faith are caring for the household of God. Uh, We all eat together. We all fellowship around the Lord's table. Um, And that excludes other people um, who are being uh, disciplined and loved. When we talk about church discipline, it's so much bigger than, you know, excommunication or anything like that. It's just, it flows out of the fellowship. It flows out of our one anothering. Church discipline is when I call you out on, on sin in your life or when you encourage me to be more faithful in my preaching, which I need. I need people in our church holding me accountable to not sell the truth short. Yeah. That's church discipline. Yeah. And then the, the prayers, the corporate life of the people of God, praying for one another, uh, giving themselves to Lord's Day worship and to one another. That's the heart of Christian community. If you've got that, you've got the church of Jesus Christ, no matter how many sinners and how weak, you know, uh, various aspects of it may be. That's the church. And that's what you have to give yourself to and give yourself to it daily and center your life around that. That's how we grow. That's the first place everything flows from that. Our personal devotions actually flow from that. We don't have what it takes on our own to be our lone, lone ranger Christians with our Bible. We can't understand. We, we have so many blind spots in our own lives. We don't understand ourselves. I was talking earlier about you know Bonhoeffer's visionary dreaming. It's like, you know, you don't understand yourself. You don't see your own sin clearly. You need help. And so what makes you think that you see the The church. That's right. Understand the church. Understand society or how to rebuild society. No, 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 no. Let's go back to first things. Let's go back to first things. Let's know ourselves. and Let's be a part of a community where we can be helped because we need help. We need each other. You know, at the end of the day, our church exists. Warhorn Media exists because when my dad was going through a nasty divorce, he decided that he wasn't gonna give up and he was going to care for his kids. And I'm here today, because I am building on something my dad, my dad, you know, for me and my dad, it was baseball. He played baseball with me. You know, Nathan Alberson, my my partner in crime, he comes from a messed up family. And the reason he's here is because he had a mom who decided to fight for him. And he had fathers in the church who were gonna step in and be a father to him mm-hmm. and love him. And teach him how to change his oil, you know, and all we're trying to do, you know, if you've listened to any of Tim talk about his dad, Tim Bailey exists because his dad decided, you know, after the deaths of multiple children, he wasn't going to give up. He was going to be a dad. He was going to do hard things. He was going to be a good father. All of us are just trying to build on the legacies of our families and the church communities that we come from the people before us took baby steps we want to take baby steps we want to give our kids and the children of our church something better to build on than what we had so that they have something better to build on that's how the kingdom of god wins yeah. it's it's not by us trying to construct you know the perfect church or the right way to you know rebuild society or whatever it's not that's not it that's not it. And it's not that we shouldn't be thinking about those things and be thinking big picture. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what baby steps are you going to take today to live a life of faithfulness to God? Yeah. Because nobody's called to faithfulness in big things who has at first demonstrated faithfulness in small things.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, the message that we kind of are constantly coming back to for people and everything we do and say is just take responsibility for yourself and for others, the people around you. Engage with the world in front of you the world outside your door, your neighbors, your coworkers. Take those baby steps. Just love your family. Love your wife a little bit better today. Love your kids a little bit more. Take a step towards faithfulness and away from from sin and give your kids something and give the children of your church something to build on. So I don't even remember the question that I was answering. So <laughs> no, that's sorry.
2: No, no, that's good. I think that was that was per, a perfect way to kind of get to um, where I think we kind of needed to go in this conversation. I th- I'm reminded of something uh, R.C. Sproul Jr. said, where he said, um, "You know, everybody wants to change the world, but nobody wants to do the dishes."
3: And, exactly. And, exactly.
2: Right? right. And so, you know, we we have, and I think both Warhorn Media and Rebel Alliance Media have kind of fostered this online community of people who want to be those world changers, who who want to see, you know, society one for Christ, and, and those are good ambitions. We all have to have those, yeah. and, and, and faith that, you know, when Jesus says the meek shall inherit the earth, he meant it, but we have that in the context of, you know, we're all called to be salt and light. Not any one of us is called to be the one who slays right. the dragon. Jesus does that, and we're all just faithful dishwashers.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right.
2: So... Yeah, yeah.
1: Dishwashers in the house of, of our God. Amen. That's all we want
2: to be. Amen. Well, hey, thanks, uh, thanks so much for giving me some time today. Uh, I think uh, our people will be really blessed by this. And I want to kind of give you the last yeah, word. So, so uh, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about how people can interact with your content over at Warhorn Media and some of the things, days that things drop and where they can find that content. Because we, we want to send as many people your way. We think what you guys are doing is awesome.
1: Yeah, so at warhornmedia.com. Uh, we have several different channels um, where we have you know different kinds of content for uh, different people, different different uh, trying to fill different needs. We have a channel called Out of Our Minds. That's a channel where uh, we have the podcast, The World We Made, just finished, just wrapped our second season of that. You can go and listen to that, um, iTunes, whoever podcasts are downloadable. Uh, The first season is uh, dealing with homosexuality, the second season with fatherhood, and that's uh, me and my friend Nathan talking to Tim Bailey. Uh, Other part of that channel is Tim and friends, other people, uh, pastors in the PCA uh, taking on difficult issues in the church today, and uh, uh, writing articles about how to uh, be discerning and faithful biblical Christians. We have um, Sound of Sanity. It's another podcast. Uh, another show called pra- Practical Ecclesiology that's more for um, people who are uh, interested. It is conversations with pastors about uh, hot issues in the church today. Uh, we have a podcast called The Bookending, which is one of my favorites, actually. It's a Christian literature podcast. We talk about everything from Shakespeare to Austin to Tolstoy to Ready Player One, whatever it is, yeah. um, and try to help uh, Christians engage with literature in a in a, uh, in a biblical and discerning way. Uh, we have a lot of fun with that show. Several other channels and shows. Uh, Monumental is a, is a fun show. Uh, f- women uh, giving testimonies about uh, God's faithfulness in their lives. Tagline is a small show about the big things God does in the lives of ordinary people. Um, So all that and more at warhornmedia.com. And then you can can find us on social, drop us a line. Happy to talk to you about anything going on in your life. Um, Talk on the phone, whatever. We do that sort of thing here. So, yeah. Um, And then, well... I'm going to forget my soul and my life. it's our project to set all 150 psalms to to music that's something we're really excited about and there will be a channel launching at warrenmedia.com for the lions where we're going to have regular video content uh, from them and uh, that should be really exciting and fun yeah. talking about reforming biblical worship and uh, bringing the psalms back into the heart of our worship ways to do that so
2: amen yeah that's a that's a great project as well um so anyway we're Uh, Super excited for all the stuff that you guys are doing. Thanks so much for uh, being with us and, uh, and God bless.